0: Um, I like the thumbs up. Thumbs. Well, I may use that. Okay, who, who uh, liked reading the dictionary? <laughs> That's what I thought. Not very many of you. I, I did do that as a kid. You'd you expect that, right? I love reading the dictionary. Before I read the scripture today, we're going to talk about the relevance. So uh, I thought that was really good. And we're going to use a couple of those. You already mentioned one I was going to mention, so we'll talk about it later. But let's open our Bibles first to 2 Timothy chapter three. We've been in a series about uh, read, study and love the Bible. But you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. And indeed all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. For some reason, when I was preparing for this, I was thinking of operating manuals. I don't know why. What do you think of them? Are they useful to you? No, I see the shaking of the head. Now, in other words, are they relevant to you? Somewhat relevant to you, or really, they are worthless. And so my thought was, what do you think of a manual on some things? And the first thing that came to mind was my brother. And so how many of you would really love a manual on a Chevy 454 engine? No no relevance that he's got like five of them in the shed for some reason he really loves them. So useful to him, not useful to you. My next one was the thought, what about a manual on growing plants? Which you had, Sherry. Relevant to you, useful to you, not useful to you? Well, it all depends really on just really how important it is to you, whether it's relevant or not, right? Planets, not so much for some people. Flowers, yes. And that's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about the Bible. I love airplanes. My brother is into cars, obviously. I am into airplanes. I don't know why. It's been kind of a thing since I was a kid, but that's what I love. And I've read a specific biography from a very famous pilot, and for some reason three things come to my mind that had to do with operating manuals, and three different viewpoints from three different people about what they thought of them. The first one is the author, Chuck. Chuck was born very poor in Virginia, but he had some skills. He had some mechanical skills. And one thing I really envy is that he had more than perfect eyesight. He could look something way out there and tell you what it was, and you go, "I do not see that." And the closer you got to it, there, sure enough, there it was. The war came along and he enlisted and so with that perfect eyesight, what would they make him? A pilot. Turns out he was really good at that too. When the war ended, they needed somebody to test something and so they picked him. He had a peculiar habit though. He always learned everything he could about that airplane. He'd get out the manual. People who designed it, they knew about it. He needed to know about it. He learned everything he could about it, went from end to end before he ever got into it. When I learned to fly, I think I realized why he did that. Because as a pilot, you think you're really in charge of that airplane, you're in control of it. No, you're not. You're not. It graciously lets you, if you treat it correctly, get you from point A to point B safely. Because it has its own characteristics and its own personality. And when you disrespect that, good things do not happen for you. And I learned that the hard way in some ways. I thought, I mean, I'd know a little bit better and, oh boy, respect the airplane. So everything he got into, he checked it out thoroughly before he ever started flying. He would say that that credited him with having a long lifespan as a test pilot. Some of his colleagues didn't really share that view. They might read the manual and they might not. After all, it's an airplane. How hard can it be? You're a pilot. You got a stick, you do this, that, they responds. no big deal. Unfortunately for those guys, Chuck said, shelf life was kind of short because they didn't respect the airplane. The third person I want to think about is pilots were flying a particular airplane mysteriously dying They didn't know why, airplanes would just crash. So Chuck took the airplane up one day and he went to make a turn, stick left. I wanted to get out of the turn. The stick did not move, it locked. Good news is, I know what the problem is now. The bad news is, how do I get it back to tell about it? Well, he got it unstuck. They landed the airplane and they tore that airplane apart and they found the problem. They went to the factory where it was made because what they realized Part that was the problem had all been installed by this one person on every plane that had crashed, and even the one that Chuck had been flying. And they went to the guy on the assembly line and they asked him about the manual, how to put the airplane together, what he thought of that, and did he follow that? And his answer was, I oh, don't know, I read it, I've been building airplanes for a long time. I think the engineers are wrong, so is that why you installed the bolt the wrong side up? That caused all those pilots to die because he didn't follow the manual because he thought he knew better. Chuck said that guy probably doesn't even realize how many people died because of him and his arrogance. I'm guessing the guy might have figured it out later when he realizes the airplane you're talking about, and he knew about all the crashes. What's the point there? I have three people, and what is their attitude about the operating manual? The first one is I learn everything I can about it because it's relevant, right? And because they knew the airplane is really in charge, and I have to be respectful of it. The second person is the one that said, I listen to it when it suits me. And the third person just says, I have no need for that at all. The question is, they all have the manual, what do they do with it? My thought about this is that this is an operating manual as well, but that's where I'm stuck in my message. It's been bothering me because really it's not just an operating manual. It's way more than that. But it is what do we think of it? So it's like those three characters, those three men, how they treated the operating manual. What is their attitude about it? And I had to ask myself, and I'm gonna ask you the same question, but which one of those three people am I? Am I the one that's respectful about it and I want to learn everything of a can about it? Or am I the person who goes, eh, when it's convenient? Or am I the person that, um, well, I just don't need it at all? And I have to tell you, I have to admit to myself, I've been all three. And if I asked you the same question, what would you say? Would you be the first person, the second person, or the third person or maybe you've been all of them. The purpose in this book when I read the scripture really and what makes it different than any other book is what Paul told Timothy and that is it is a book that leads us to salvation in Christ Jesus. It's not just instructions on how to live good or bad or give us warnings about it is the only way to find forgiveness and salvation with a God who loves us. It's more than an operating manual. Oh, it has good stuff in it. It will help you. You can't believe how much good stuff is in here. It will help you with a lot of things. Your finances, your relationships with other people. It won't tell you specifically, should I move to Sheboygan? but it does tell you that there's a Holy Spirit that can guide you in that. So what I'm really concerned about though is how people treat this book. What I'm concerned about is the church in general, not just our denomination. One of the things I love about this denomination is the question, where is it written? I love that. What I'm concerned about is where people are saying, where can I rewrite it to fit what I want to do? Like that third guy who said, I know everything about airplanes. I've been building them forever. I don't need the manual. The engineers are wrong. God doesn't have it right. I'm gonna rewrite it. That's where I'm concerned about where the church is headed in general. And what I'd like to see, and I hope it does, keep here is that we don't have that attitude. It's that we respect this book and the way God is because you are not going to change God. You can try to rewrite him. But like that airplane, you're not going to change the characteristics of that airplane. You're not going to make a two-seater Cessna into a fighter plane. And you're not going to do 8g turns because the wings will fall off. It is what it is. I hope that you'll embrace that and I don't know where you are in your journey but I hope you'll be like Chuck. Now I don't think Chuck was necessarily a religious man but he wanted to know everything about he could and it served him well because he lived, his colleagues died. Anybody know who Chuck is by the way? Chuck Yeager. General Chuck Yeager who broke the sound barrier. His fellow pilots didn't like him because he wasn't a college boy, but he knew the right, had the right stuff, and he knew what it took to do the job correctly and to live to tell about it. It was a golden age of airplanes. I mean, they were just putting out a new airplane every year. this is what you need you need God you need his forgiveness and I hope that you'll take this book seriously and as Sherry said you read it and Cindy said the same thing you read it and it will change you because God loves you it's God's love letter to you so no matter where you are in that journey, whether you're the first person, the second person, or the third person, I hope you'll take this to heart. The day that this church quits preaching the word, whether it's we like it or not, is the day I go. Thankfully Evan is about this book, and Mark, where are you? Mark is the same way. and I hope that you'll not stand for anything less and that any of us standing up here before you if we don't follow this and it's not true you'll come and bring us to accountability God wants the best for you he has the best advice in here for you but he also loves you and has forgiveness for you this is the Lenten season think about what Christ has done for you and think about how much we need each other. And I hope that you will have the community of Christ, which you have. We're not perfect. I know that. We're doing pretty good, though. I'd like to see that continue. Heavenly Father, thank you for today and all that you do for us. Thank you for your word, which gives us instruction, which tells us of your love for us, and mostly tells us about salvation, redemption, forgiveness, because all of us have broken your moral law and we need to be made right with you. It also is good for equipping us to do the work that you have for us. Help us not to go to the left or the right of it as God told Joshua not to do, but to meditate on it, to follow it, Believe in it and know that it does not change. It will not change. We don't want it to change. You are who you are and faithful to us and help us to be faithful to you. In your name we pray, amen.